A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Friday, September 16th, 2022, the 604th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month, and you will be supporting me and the work I do and this show as it expands. And if you can't, go ahead, get it a couple of days later for free, but please share the show. That's all you got to do. And let's get right into it. Last night, Donald Trump put out an incredibly interesting post on Truth Social endorsing issue two on the ballot in Ohio this coming November. Here's the post. The radical left desperately needs non-citizens to vote because they can't win on the issues with the American people. This November, the great state of Ohio has the unique opportunity to stop this destructive campaign. Issue two, the Citizenship Voting Requirement Amendment, will ensure only a citizen of the United States is entitled to vote at all elections. And then he writes, stop foreign election interference. Vote yes on issue two. It has my complete and total endorsement. And my eyes widened upon reading this because Donald Trump capitalized foreign election interference, capitalized each word. And People who don't pay much attention to Donald Trump don't know why he does these things or what it means. They don't think it matters when he capitalizes certain letters or certain words or uses certain turns of phrase or certain timing or whatever else. They think that Donald Trump is just a man with no self-control, a subpar use of language and a thoughtlessness in his word choice. They all believe because the television has told them to believe that Donald Trump's posts on Twitter and now Truth Social are nothing more than the rantings and ravings of an angry, racist egomaniac. The things he says are not well thought through. They're just Donald Trump spewing forth the dark recesses of his damaged psychology. And of course, you can see why the media would like people to believe that, because then they won't pay attention to the things Donald Trump says. You can talk to virtually any Biden voter and they will tell you that they have never listened to a full Donald Trump speech. They'll say things like, I just can't stand the sound of his voice. Oh, just it really puts me off and that I can't watch it. And then they'll tell you how informed they are about the issues and how they don't need to hear from Donald Trump. And they won't follow him on a social media platform, even though they're obsessed with him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They'll wait 
till what Donald Trump says is properly reframed and repackaged for them as child brains to understand how and why Donald Trump is wrong. And if not wrong, certainly evil. But for people who have thought things through even a tiny bit, the thesis that Donald Trump is stupid and crazy should have fallen apart long before now. But for some people, it still hasn't. They just don't like his voice. They think he is too combative. He makes people mad. And they get sad thinking about how much better everything could have been if Donald Trump were just a nicer communicator, a cleaner communicator. If he would only make it so that they didn't have to feel embarrassed around their very intellectual liberal friends to stand up and defend Donald Trump as not only one of the most significant political figures in United States history, but probably and pretty soon definitely the best president this country has ever had. They don't want to say that because that idea is not acceptable within the party of false decorum. You want to get kicked out of the party as fast as possible? Try saying that. Want to lose all your liberal friends in two weeks? Say that around them. They'll show you how open-minded and tolerant they are. They'll show you how much they value their relationship with you. And at that point, you might realize, oh, wow, these people really aren't genuine friends. These are not good people. And once you shed the weight of these communists from your shoulders and from your life, you will have thoughts like, why have I been appeasing the worst and dumbest people in the world for so long and not actually representing the things I know to be true and right? That's a great thought to have. Another great thought you'll have soon after when people begin gravitating toward you for the fact that you can actually tell the truth is, oh, wow, there are so many more people in the MAGA movement than I ever imagined. And you can repeat this process all sorts of ways. Try it with religion. But let's just say for a second that it's possible that the man who just completed a first term of one of the most successful presidencies in history, while beset on all sides by deep state apparatchiks, the military industrial complex, tons of global communists and an actual soft coup by his political opponents after trying to sabotage his presidential campaign is not stupid. I mean, the guy wasn't even a politician and he went out and won a presidential election against the greatest political machines in America, the Obama machine, the Clinton machine, the Bush machine, with all the backing from the global communists, the global propaganda media, the tech companies, the transnational corporations, all of that. He won the election. Then great presidency. And then once they brought in a pandemic, and then brought in mail-in ballots and all sorts of other election illegalities, he still went up 12 million votes, a full 20% increase in his total vote from 2016 to 2020, while an active hate movement was being waged against him. We were told the people hated Donald Trump. He was so unpopular after this terrible four-year presidency except his vote went up 20%. And so they had to steal the election even bigger, big enough so that everyone would understand that's what happened, even if they're willing to lie about it for the rest of their lives. Did he concede in the face of all this? No, he did not. He tried to fight for his cause with America's legal system. He invited the people of the country to attend a peaceful protest and make their voices heard because all of them could see the evidence about the election fraud, too. And then the communists took that event, staged some violence that some 
Trump supporters may have participated in here and there, but they turned that into a very violent insurrection and continued the hate movement now on all Trump supporters on the basis of that very violent insurrection. They made it so that no one could say any words of dissent without being censored or called the domestic terrorist. And Donald Trump is still the most popular politician in the entire world, certainly in America. He has taken almost complete control of the Republican establishment and MAGA is set to win an enormous wave election and take back the House and the Senate in the midterms, even with the election fraud in place. Donald Trump is not stupid and was not stupid. Donald Trump is a genius. And if you can't defend that and you can't defend his record to people most concerned with everyone just getting along. Oh, yeah, we know they stole the election and they lied about a pandemic and they lied about the insurrection and they're clearly trying to end our Constitution and turn America over to the global government. But we're going to have to make some concessions to get enough of those people on our side. And the way to do that is by giving them someone else to vote for, not the guy that's literally saving the country from all of that. It's got to be someone else or these people just won't go along with us. If you can't defend that, I don't know what to tell you. You want to keep believing Donald Trump is stupid and ineffective and a terrible decision maker? By all means, I can't change your mind. But if you want to reject that narrative in full, then understand that Donald Trump is careful and does things with intent. And when he capitalizes foreign election interference, it's for a reason. And he's pointing directly to Executive Order 13848. And you've probably heard of that executive order before, imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interference in a United States election. That was my very first thought. And hey, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just capitalized those letters by accident, or maybe he's just shooting his mouth off and calling something foreign election interference. But let's say perhaps he's not, and that perhaps there was a foreign interference element in the voting that occurs by illegal immigrants, or maybe on behalf of those illegal immigrants. And how would that work? Well, illegal immigrants are collected in one country by NGOs affiliated with United Nations migration programs. They are moved into America through the southern border by the cartels, human trafficking, drug trafficking, violence, rape, murder, kidnapping, sex trafficking and child sex trafficking all come along right in that little package with the cartel coming across the southern border. The cartel has turned this into a multi-billion dollar business. They're reaping great reward for trafficking these humans and whatever they're bringing with them across the southern border. They're doing this in conjunction with those NGOs that handle the immigrants on either side of the border or back where they were first collected. The funding for this comes not only from the global communists, but from our own government. They're brought across the border. Many of them are stopped and registered into the system. After claiming asylum, most of them will never show up for their court dates some of them are not contacted at all, but we have hundreds of thousands of them flooding into the country every single month. It's possible we might get 7 million, 7 million illegal aliens into the United States in the fake president's term. So they're put into the system. You get some biometrics. Maybe you get some DNA. You don't worry about COVID tests or vaccines, obviously. But then you decide where they're all going and you disperse them throughout the country, often on chartered jets in the middle of the night. 
and they go all over the place. Apparently, we now have hundreds of illegal aliens in Portland, Maine, from the Democratic Republic of Congo and Angola. Well, how did they get here? Why are they in Portland, Maine? Why is there such a big Somali community in Minneapolis? Well, that's strange. It's almost like someone designed it to be that way. And they're just picking and choosing where they send all of these people who are all, by the way, fleeing climate change and gang violence. That's why they're asylum seekers. Don't you understand? They are refugees from the sun. And this is how the program goes. We get sanctuary cities popping up all over the place. Oh, they have the immigrant services. They get all that government money to deal with these immigrant populations. Send them to the cities. They have the resources. People in Martha's Vineyard were saying that yesterday. We don't have the services for these people. Well, Martha's Vineyard has a 17,000 person permanent population and a 200,000 person summer population. That's according to Fox News. So that means that there are 183,000 open beds in Martha's Vineyard right now. They got sent 50 illegal aliens and couldn't deal with it. And they're already being shipped out today. The governor of Massachusetts is sending 125 National Guard troops to facilitate the movement of these 50 illegal aliens. And by the way, if the phrase illegal alien triggers you, if you're worried about using that phrase, there is something wrong with your brain. You have been twisted by the machine to think of things all wrong because they call these people undocumented workers. All right. That means literally you can parse that as anonymous slaves. And that's exactly what these people are. And that's why they're brought here. Illegal aliens is an entirely literally accurate descriptor of what's happening here. They are from somewhere else. That's what alien means. And they're here illegally. That's what illegal means. Illegal alien is actually the perfect descriptor of the situation. It's undocumented worker that's dehumanizing. But Martha's Vineyard doesn't have the services these people need. The people in Martha's Vineyard can't perform these tasks on their own, like teaching these people English finding them places to live and food and clothes to wear. They can't find these people jobs because they don't want these people there. I mean, they could do all those things because it's one of the richest places in the country, but they won't do these things because they're not the people who are supposed to do these things. That's for other people to do a.k.a. the government, and if the government doesn't do them, then I guess the people, wherever these people end up, but certainly not Martha's Vineyard, not Martha's Vineyard. We moved to Martha's Vineyard so we would never have to deal with anything like this. The cities, though, they have services. And you see, when people go to these big cities, often California or other border states, well, if they have children in America, those children are citizens. And so then they try to make the parents citizens, right? And then they have DACA, the Dream Act for the kids in case the kids were brought here by illegal aliens, but the kids were too young, but they weren't born here. So we have to figure out how to make the kids citizens somehow because it's not their fault. The human traffickers and NGOs brought them here. I mean, it's not their fault. Their parents brought them here. So the only solution is to make them citizens and they've got to have driver's licenses. I mean, they're going to drive anyway, so we might as well give them licenses. And yes, when you get a driver's license in these states, it offers you the opportunity to register to vote, but illegal aliens don't do that. I mean, sometimes they do it, but they're not supposed to do it. And we would never tell them to do it and then blame it on them if they did it. 
They're not supposed to do it. Illegal aliens are not allowed to vote. So we don't register them to vote when they're getting their driver's licenses that we do think is a necessity for them to have. They absolutely have to have a driver's license. I mean, it's really extraordinarily hard for poor black people to get ID, but we have to make it extremely, extremely easy for illegal aliens to get driver's licenses. And if they register to vote while that's happening, I mean, whatever, they're not going to show up at the polls. It's just a voter registration. What are they going to do? Show up at the polls and get a ballot? What are they going to do? Sit at home and wait for the government to mail out ballots to every single voter on the registry? They don't do that. Uh, Wait. Oh, no. They do do that. They do do that all over the place. And the communists in 2020 held up COVID relief trying to make that the policy for the entire nation. And then after they stole the election and installed the fake president, they pushed H.R. 1 to make that law, too. But if you say any of this, you're racist. So you're not supposed to say it. You're not supposed to realize that they bring these illegal aliens from their home countries that often The United States of America, these global communists, the evil twin faction here has helped to devastate. They make those countries bad so the people want to leave and then they take them and they transport them somewhere else. They hand them over to cartels that bring them across the border and they compromise and degrade these people to such a degree on that journey that anyone who will be nice to these people at all seems like someone who should be trusted. And then they're immediately funneled into a system where their English classes indoctrinate them with anti-American rhetoric, anti-Trump rhetoric, calling America racist, calling America white supremacist, and suggesting to them that they vote Democrat. So globalist-funded NGOs collect these people, UN migration programs and other programs move them around the world. Cartels bring them into the country through the southern border. NGOs like Catholic Charities take them in on the other side and then disperse them around the country where they meet other members of NGOs. And those NGOs help facilitate their housing and their food and their work in these new cities. They make sure to get them driver's licenses. And hey, if they register to vote, well, Mistakes happen and everyone was trying their best. Is it a perfect system? No, but it's the one that we will die to keep in place. And then what happens? Well, their kids go to American public schools paid for by American taxpayers. The schools don't have big enough classrooms. So the education quality degrades for everyone, which doesn't help American kids who should be prioritized but also doesn't really help the illegal alien children. But you can't say anything bad about this obvious devastation because that's racist. But they don't stop there. They want a pathway to citizenship for all 11 million illegal immigrants. 11 million? They've been saying 11 million for decades. In our lifetimes, we have watched the population of the United States of America explode while we know that American birth rates are declining. How do we go from 300 million people to 340 million people so quickly? How did that happen? How many illegal immigrants are here? And how are they getting so much money from the American taxpayer? It's almost as if all of them are voting for the programs that help them the most which also just so happened to help the global communist agenda the most. But wait, 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 it gets worse. Because then we have municipalities around the country trying to make it legal for these permanent residents to vote. Now, How do you get that permanent resident status? Well, the DREAM Act sure helped a lot. And so at that point, it also becomes racist to argue that illegal aliens shouldn't be allowed to vote. And we're told, well, hey, they pay taxes in these cities. And like, all right, 
But people aren't allowed to come live in my house just because they offer me groceries every now and then. It's just not how it works. I paid taxes on things when I was in Ireland. It doesn't make me an Irish citizen. It doesn't entitle me to vote in their elections. I don't get to come in and tell them that Guinness should be served cold. But what's the whole process for? Is it just the exploitation of cheap labor? And is that something that we're okay with now? That's something we just accept because otherwise it's racist. We often hear from liberals that illegal aliens will do the jobs Americans won't do. Bill Maher says that on his show all the time. And in Los Angeles, it kind of feels like it might be true. But I'm from a town of 500 people and there were no illegal aliens there. And everybody just did all the jobs that needed doing. I've lived in a tiny rural town, small suburbs, small cities, and some of the biggest cities in this country. And I've seen all types of people doing all of the possible jobs. Illegal immigrants are not building the houses and doing the housekeeping and doing the landscaping in the small towns and suburbs of this nation. But of course, Bill Maher is not only talking about those jobs. He'd then say, well, yeah, okay, fine. Well, maybe Americans will do those jobs. But Americans, they don't want to work at factory farms. They don't want to pick berries in a field. Well, first of all, they used to. Second of all, why are those jobs so bad? that people wouldn't want to do them. And if they are so bad that no one wants to do them, why are these people wanting to do them? And if they're not wanting to do them, what does that mean? Also, the way to make people do jobs no one wants to do that still need done is by paying them really, really well for it. That's why some of the most badass people on the planet are doing some of the hardest jobs in the world in some of the most awful climates, like an Arctic oil rig or fishing boat. Now, I'm sure some people absolutely love those jobs and cheers to them. Those are major badasses. But the point is that those jobs can also pay really well, which makes people want to do them. So illegal aliens will do the jobs Americans don't want to do, except that is wrong on its face and Also, not a good argument. In fact, it's a terrible argument, and it's one that you very well could argue is racist. But it occurs to me that there is one job Americans genuinely don't want to do, and that's vote for Democrats, which is why you need all of these people. It's not just about the exploitation of labor. It's also about the exploitation of their political power. And that political power can come from being registered to vote so that there are millions of extra voter registries that can then be voted in their name. And we know that happens. But of course, that's not the only way their political power is exploited because we have a little thing called the census and people who run the census argue that in the Constitution, it only talks about counting the number of people who are actually here. And it doesn't make any distinction as to whether or not they're American citizens. And there may be some rational basis for this argument, but the acceptance of this argument implies that other things are also working correctly, especially our immigration system, because there are other important things that depend on On an accurate census count, most notably the number of congressmen allotted to each and every state that's based on population. And what else does that number reflect? Oh, the number of electoral college votes. And you might remember that Donald Trump was fighting this. He wanted a question added to the census that asked, are you an American citizen? And they called that racist, went all the way to the Supreme Court. That's how much the Democrats and the globalists who support them didn't want that question asked 
They want everybody to be the same because if that question's on there and Americans realize that so many of these people are actually not American citizens, then Americans might get a little upset when they see permanently blue states doing all of this stuff, imposing their will on the rest of the country and arguing that the popular vote allows them to do that. And I've been saying this for years. Abuse of the census is what allows the abuse of the voter registries. But the thing is, individual illegal aliens voting in American elections does not itself constitute foreign election interference. So what must Donald Trump be talking about, assuming that he is through his capitalization and through his use of that phrase, pointing people toward Executive Order 13848, which is specifically about foreign interference in American elections. And again, I want people to understand that this is a theory that I am working on. This is speculation to the extent that it's not all nailed down. But the structure of this, I believe, is in place. And we're going to do a considerable amount of work on this to see if we can fully nail this down. But if that happens, I think this might be one of the missing links in the election fraud chain and a piece of this that could really prove to people exactly what has happened. Because the thing is, and the reason I mentioned the Somali community in Minneapolis, where Ilhan Omar is a congresswoman, is because all of this collectively gives me good reason to believe that the ballot harvesting operations like we saw in 2000 mules and like Project Veritas exposed in the Somali community in Minneapolis in 2020 is directed at illegal alien communities. We end up with these pockets of different ethnic communities in different cities around the country. And then we see ballot harvesting operations being put into place and enacted by those same communities whose ballots are they harvesting. Now, the common assumption is that ballot harvesting is done in pursuit of American ballots because everyone assumes that Americans are the only ones getting ballots. And we can talk for days about dead American voters, American voters who have moved and all of the different ways that they prepare phantom votes and phantom ballots with only Americans. And that's fine. I'm not saying it's only one thing. But we have to consider that there is a much bigger program here. And that program is specifically geared toward bringing in masses of illegal aliens, putting them in cities all around the country strategically providing them services, exploiting their labor, and then registering them to vote and harvesting the universal ballots that are sent out to all registered voters. You might remember in 2000 Mules, we had the story of Guillermo Fuentes. And Nick Moseder has done some really good coverage of that situation. That links to an NGO called Unidos. And let's check them out for a second on InfluenceWatch.org. This is Unidos U.S., formerly National Council of La Raza. Unidos U.S., formerly known as the National Council of La Raza, or La Raza, is one of the most influential Hispanic organizations in the United States, meaning the race. La Raza was founded in 1968 as a 501c3 tax-exempt organization. It is associated with the 501c4 political organization, Unidos U.S. Action Fund. NCLR presents itself as a mainstream, trusted, nonpartisan voice for Latinos. It is best known for its aggressive defense and promotion of expanded immigration and giving legal status to illegal immigrants. It supported President Barack Obama's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, that's DACA, and Deferred Action for Parents of Americans. That's DAPA. Executive maneuvers to unilaterally grant status to illegal immigrants and the DREAM Act, legislative proposal which would provide legal status to certain illegal immigrants. 
NCLR, that's the uh, National Council of La Raza, also backs other actions at the federal, state and local levels that offer legal presence and protection to illegal immigrants, especially those from Mexico and Central America. On July 11th, 2017, La Raza announced it would change its name to Unidos U.S., citing the need to expand beyond a Latino ethnic coalition. Oh, it's because so many other types of illegal immigrants are coming into the country. It's created a need and we must fill that need. And let's see who's funding all of this. This is just their top 10. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. $31 million since 2000. The Ford Foundation, $23 million since 2000. Neighborhood Reinvestment, $17 million since 2008. The Walton Family and Walmart, $15 million since 2001. PepsiCo, $12.5 million since 2002. Bank of America, $10.5 million since 2004. W.K. Kellogg Foundation, $10 million since 2002. UPS, $6.5 million since 2008. J.P. Morgan Chase, $5 million since 2012. And the Charles Stewart Mott Foundation, $4 million since 2002. And where does this money go besides their very important services? Well, they also have their political action fund. Unidos U.S. Action Fund receives its funding from grants and individual donations, which are routed through Democratic Affiliated Pass-Through Act Blue Civics. We were just told that the other part of Unidos, not the Political Action Fund part, was a nonpartisan organization, which is why they're allowed to do all those things and have their tax-exempt status. But their political action arm runs everything through Act Blue. And where does some of their political action spending go? Democratic Party aligned pro-abortion POTR PAC. The United Food and Commercial Workers Labor Union. And the 1630 Fund, which is administered by Arabella Advisors. And of course, UNIDO supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Catholic Charities, well, they receive money from our government, but also... Catholic Charities. Wonder if the Vatican has any input. What about the Catholic Legal Immigration Network? The organization takes money from numerous left-wing funders, including George Soros through his Open Society Foundations, the Ford Foundation, and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Isn't it crazy how often we see these same names pop up, the same people funding these NGOs that handle immigration in the United States are the same people funding all of the global governance organizations. How odd. And of course, you'll find that they also have corporate sponsors and corporate partners. And those corporate sponsors and partners are also, in many cases, partners of the World Economic Forum. How is it that Bill Gates does so many things? He saves illegal aliens. He saves the world through vaccines while also doing plenty of other biomedical research. He supports research into humanism. He supports research into big tech. What is he not an expert in? And so the real question here becomes, at what point can we call this system a system of foreign election interference. And if my hunch is correct, and I expect that it is, then our mission now is to track down the funding and map out exactly how this system functions. The NGOs in foreign countries, how they tie into UN migration, the NGOs here in America, and then how all of this is funneled through to the proper places through the proper systems to influence American elections. Because if I'm right, that's the system I see emerging. Who are the Somali immigrants in Minneapolis harvesting ballots from? I suspect that they're from other Somali immigrants who might be more likely to trust them. 
So as I said, I am still developing this idea and trying to see if I can solidify it. If anyone out there has information that you can add on, please feel free to reach out on Truth Social or Telegram. Send the info my way. If I'm wrong about something, please tell me what I'm wrong about. Send me the background information. I want to get this done right, obviously. But I'm going to try to work on a bunch of this with some people you're familiar with. And I think that this could be really important. And of course, right now is a critical time. We're leading up to the midterms. The country is beginning to discover election fraud. The other night on Tucker Carlson's show, he finally said that the 2020 election was obviously illegitimate. And that was in the context of discussing Mark Zuckerberg and the hundreds of millions of dollars he paid to facilitate the election fraud apparatus in 2020. And the fact that Facebook was turning over people's private messages to the FBI if they were disputing the fraudulent outcome of the 2020 election. But this story is rising in the public consciousness, the election fraud story, I mean. But also, we have the immigration story at the forefront of everyone's perception right now because of Ron DeSantis sending 50 illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, where Barack Obama has his sprawling coastal home and where he set up a giant tent last year to have 700 of his closest friends come celebrate his birthday while everyone was pretending to care about the very scary variant Delta. Remember Delta? Remember how scary Delta was? Oh my God, it's Delta. Oh, the very deadly pandemic and the very scary variant. Everything is so very scary. But for 36 hours, we had illegal aliens on Martha's Vineyard, and that was too much. They called the governor. They called the National Guard. And now those illegal aliens are going bye-bye. Now, on Wednesday night when this happened, I didn't think that DeSantis's move was great. Carrie Lake went on Tucker Carlson, and he asked her to react to it. And she said what I would have said, and that's that I don't think these political stunts really have a place. What I want to do is close down the border. And I believe that these governors should be using all the authority they have focused on that problem. And especially Greg Abbott, who has a wide open southern border of Texas, but is still bussing illegal aliens around the country. I didn't think all of this was going to get the coverage it's getting. I thought we would get to dunk on them and make fun of them and call them hypocrites again. But I'm sick of doing that. The Daily Wire can do that. They do it so well. I wanted to see the law enforced. But, gotta say, DeSantis really pulled it off. The media took the bait, hook, line, and sinker, and they've made a couple days out of this now. Yesterday, they had the lunatic documentary filmmaker Ken Burns, who every elite leftist and fake centrist and Republican communist absolutely loves. They want nothing more than to watch Ken Burns revise history before their eyes. Well, Ken Burns went on CNN and said that it was basically the same as Nazism. He was dehumanizing these people and using them as political props, which apparently Using 50 people as a political stunt is Nazism, but transporting 7 million people here through human trafficking methods supported by the richest and most powerful organizations in the world to try to make borderless countries and take over American politics. All that's just fine. But this is like Nazism because he used a form of transportation to move them somewhere they might not want to be. You see, everything that happens, all the rape and the kidnapping and the assault and the murder, all that stuff that happens on their trip into the United States, that's all done with their consent because they're fleeing climate change and they have to get here. And it doesn't matter if these people sound crazy because they only answer to Twitter. 
They only answer to people inside the bubble where everyone is just as dumb and clueless as they are. And also, by the way, totally immoral. Here is Jack Schaefer from Politico opining on how very evil Ron DeSantis is. It's called Ron DeSantis, Republican stuntman. (laughs) Evidence continues to mount that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis would gladly set himself on fire, jump off a tall building, drive a Shelby Mustang off a cliff, ride a barrel over a waterfall, fly a wingsuit through a narrow mountain gap, or dance the yo-yo pole like the stuntmen in Mad Max Fury Road if he senses even a smidgen of political gain in return. You got that? Ron DeSantis would do anything for political gain, just like Donald Trump. I mean, he wouldn't conduct a slave trade and steal American elections, but he would fly a wingsuit through a narrow mountain gap. The potential candidate for 2024's Republican presidential nomination, no, he isn't, and current candidate for re-election in Florida, indulged in another circus act this week by flying to Martha's Vineyard, two plane loads of undocumented immigrants from Texas. DeSantis claimed he wanted to dissuade undocumented immigrants from coming to Florida, saying, we are not a sanctuary state, and it's better to be able to go to a sanctuary jurisdiction. And yes, we will help facilitate that transport for you. And that does make sense. But not in the false reality where all of that is a lie and it's racist to move them to a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state, even though it's also racist not to be a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state. Daring to exploit exhausted and traumatized immigrants, children among them, as human pawns in a political game would terrify a normal politician. No matter your views on immigration policy, imagine being treated as political refuse that's dumped to own the libs. Hey, Jack Schaefer, you communist moron. You guys are cheering an illegitimate president classifying well more than half the country as domestic terrorists and threats to democracy. You guys wanted people's lives destroyed if they refused to be coerced into joining a deadly medical experiment. You believe people should be censored and imprisoned for telling the big lie, which happens to be the truth of the 2020 election. Pulling a stunt like this required the heart of a reptile and the ambition of a Genghis Khan, although the comparison might be unfair to skinks and geckos, which feed primarily on insects, fruit, and the occasional mouse. That DeSantis performed his cruelty on migrants, not even residing in his state, tells you all you need to gauge his status as a scoundrel. It's hard to decide which horrifies most. That DeSantis, Yale undergraduate, Harvard Law, U.S. Navy, would squat this low or that he thought it would charm his followers. You get that? DeSantis is a elitist, apostate, or maybe just an elitist in disguise. And he is tricking all of those MAGA rubes that are dumb enough not to see that he is the most authoritarian dictator since Donald Trump and before him, Hitler. In previous episodes, stuntman DeSantis has used the power of the state to either punish or threaten punishment against the Special Olympics for requiring vaccination. Oh yeah, he didn't want the pharma companies to kill people who were already at a physical or mental disadvantage. How evil of him. The Disney Corp for engaging in free speech about the don't say gay legislation. Oh, you see, Disney was just engaging in free speech. They have every right to encourage the teaching of deviant sexualities to four-year-olds. And they have the right to receive special tax status and other special statuses in Florida forever, 
no matter what they do, the people of Florida, through their governor, should have no response whatsoever. They just have to sit there and suck it up and continue to give Disney special advantages, even as Disney tries to distort the minds of their little children. And the Tampa Bay Rays for tweeting against gun violence. Oh, yes, they were so punished. And what was DeSantis thinking? Just trying to protect one of our constitutionally codified human rights to protection. In other acts of saber rattling, DeSantis has threatened a Miami bar's liquor license for allowing minors to attend sexually explicit drag shows. How could he? Undermined a state referendum that gave formerly incarcerated felons the right to vote. Oh, a state referendum. Is that how those things are decided and helped ban the state pension fund from considering environmental, social and governance standards, a.k.a. ESG, in making investments? The people of Florida support absolutely every one of those things. The governor was representing his constituents, which is his job. He has a duty to do that, and he is allowed to do that under the law. None of DeSantis's Jackie Chan-esque moves before the news cameras have much to do with the traditional government goals of keeping neighborhoods safe, paving the streets, providing potable water, and balancing the budget. Well, first, that's a terribly written sentence. But second of all, keeping neighborhoods safe is something that can be put in peril if you're letting in a bunch of illegal aliens whose backgrounds you don't know, many of whom are criminals and paving the streets and potable water and balancing the budget. Do Democrats want to balance the budget? That would be news. And here we go. Are you ready for it? Like his fellow stuntman, Donald Trump, he devises his stunts as political spectacles that arouse the culture war biases of his base and drive them to the polls. Except who is the most aroused in their culture war biases right now? It's the communists who never actually have to deal with the consequences of their own policies. Those are the people freaking out, shipping migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard, like many of DeSantis's exploits, have less to do with making Florida a commodious place and everything to do with making his opponents whinge before his boldness. DeSantis has become so enamored of his role as Governor Gutsy that he recently shot a reelection ad that portrays him as a political top gun who dogfights with the corporate media. Well, that must be awesome. I've got to watch that. A governor genuinely interested in curbing corporate power wouldn't bother with revoking the privilege to run a special taxing district as DeSantis has with Disney. He would move to tax corporations, regulate them, or subject them to antitrust action. But that's too much like real governance. Notabene. Oh, wow, I believe that's Italian. Or is it Latin? <laughs> Either way, he's so smart. In typical showman fashion, the revocation of Disney's special taxing district doesn't take place until June 2023. Plenty of time for DeSantis, if he wins re-election, to declare victory over Disney and row back the cancellation. Well, thank you for letting us know. We will keep the pressure on him to not do that. DeSantis's antics can't be dismissed as mere political entertainment. As the Cato Institute's Will Duffield recently wrote, using state power to bully people or corporations for exercising their free speech rights soils the First Amendment. But hey, when the California Secretary of State's office talks to the big tech companies and has my content censored, all good. In fact, when global communists decide to launch a pandemic and then declare that all of the dissent toward the pandemic narrative being expressed by American citizens is uncouth, they can censor everybody. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Not a political stunt, you see. It's just how things are. DeSantis isn't the only political stunt worker threatening retaliation against those who would defy him. In 2021, President Joe Biden accused Facebook of killing people because it allowed posts questioning the safety of COVID vaccines. In actuality, 
those posts were saving people. Again, no matter where you stand on vaccines, the government has no power to squelch discussions it dislikes. Isn't it amazing that they always use this construction? It doesn't matter how you feel about an insignificant part of this issue. What matters is that things are how we want them. So you're welcome to believe that vaccines don't work and aren't very safe or very effective. You know, the truth. But you're also welcome to believe the lies that we tell you so long as you leave everything exactly how we like it. Even so, Biden administration officials acted on the president's fury by working behind the scenes to persuade Facebook to depost anti-vaccine messages, accomplishing state censorship without having to rely on the law. Oh, what? So wait a second. You're calling out the Biden administration for censoring tens of millions of Americans, but Ron DeSantis can't take away an undeserved special taxing status from a corporation while that corporation is funding the coerced degeneracy of vulnerable minors. Got it. DeSantis, like the many members of Congress who would dictate social media policies to big tech, performs his stunts with one goal in mind. Oh, what a meanie. He's going to dictate social media policies to big tech. How dare he? The tech companies are private companies, except they're not. He wants to instill a deep and pervasive fear of his wrath. Your Disney speaking out. He knows how to make it hurt. You want to establish vaccination guidelines for your nonprofit as the Special Olympics did. He'll threaten to defund you. You believe the undocumented should be treated with dignity by requisitioning some of them from Texas and depositing them in your wealthy liberal enclave. He'll turn his ire into your theoretical inconvenience and dial up the pain if you ignore him. Descent is the all powerful villain able to make liberals re on his command. Some commentators have predicted that the Martha's Vineyard gambit will backfire on DeSantis for going too far, but it won't. His fellow member of the stuntman guild, Trump, has already ushered in a new political age that demands greater acts of malice and spite to keep the groundlings attention. Like other stuntmen, DeSantis never satisfies himself with his last stunt. He's always looking to top himself. Thus spake Jack Schaefer. So what have we learned here? Well, Martha's Vineyard elitist communists have no good response to DeSantis's move. He basically put them in checkmate. They certainly don't want the illegal aliens there and they don't want to care for them themselves, even though they are the most altruistic people in the world when it comes to the government and to their own voting. They're never voting for their own self-interest. They're voting for the interests of everyone. In fact, sustainability is their number one priority. They're voting for the interests of everyone in the entire world. So long as those interests line up directly with their own. They just don't want to have to deal with the consequences themselves. So it's awful that DeSantis sent these human beings there because the human beings aren't wanted there. That's what's so awful about it. You can't send these people somewhere they're unwanted because now we have to send them somewhere. They're also unwanted. And before this, we had our hands off. Yeah, we fund all those global organizations and we fund the Democrat Communist Party and other Republican communists who created this problem. But we only did that so we could be hands off and never deal with the problem ourselves. We'll just tell everybody that we are so anti-racist that it's racist to disagree with us. And the deal is. 
that none of those brown people ever come to where we live. But it's not racist because we're the good guys and not the no-no people. The no-no people are actually Nazis. And yes, we are in support of sending billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars to actual Ukrainian Nazis. But you see, the Nazis are the other guys. We can't be the bad ones. We're not the Nazis. We're not the racists. That's how we identify. Don't you understand? We will make our own children trans to make sure you believe that we are the good people. But still, 36 hours is all we could stand. We called the governor. The governor brought in the National Guard, 125 of them to deal with 50 illegal aliens. That's 2.5 National Guardsmen for every illegal alien. And we got them the hell out of here. We're going to send them to some city where they have services to handle these people. And at some point, you have to wonder if they're just so mad because their system is getting messed with. They're not going to know the numbers they need in any given location if these people are just continually moved around to other areas. And I got to say, I didn't think that they were going to take this bait. I didn't think it was going to become this big thing. But DeSantis nailed it. I was wrong. You got me. Score one for Ron. Congratulations. Keep sending them everywhere. Let the communists make the case that other people should have to deal with these problems, not them. I don't know if you remember a couple of months ago when we were talking about Uvalde, but Uvalde was a town of like 17,000 people and they brought something like 50,000 immigrants in over the course of a couple years. How are they going to provide the services? How are they going to provide the housing? But who cares about the citizens of Uvalde, right? The citizens of Martha's Vineyard voted for Uvalde to be that way. But don't worry, they also voted for tons and tons of money to NGOs so that they could take care of the illegal aliens in Uvalde, not on Martha's Vineyard. But the effect of all this is that people around the country who don't pay virtually any attention to the immigration issue at all are now being confronted with what they see as a very clear choice, something that could potentially happen to them. What would happen if a bunch of illegal aliens just got dropped into your nice little town where everything is well organized and clean and everything functions and everybody is generally happy, except also overwhelmingly communist, which means they're lying about being happy. But you get the picture. Now people are beginning to understand what this issue is on some level. And while they're waking up to that, what would it be like for them to understand that these illegal immigrants are being brought here so that they can cast the votes that keep the communists in power and create more of everything Americans are absolutely sick of. All the things that this illegitimate administration is doing on behalf of the global world order. Americans are sick of this. The only reason they tolerate any of it is because they believe that their fellow citizens, enough of them, actually voted for all of this and continue to vote for all of this. But that's not the case. And when people realize that once and for all, that's when this flips. So to all of you out there, if you have information that will help me in this investigation, please feel free to send it my way. Otherwise, I will be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com. And you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. 
linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!